You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis in the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, Milwaukee Bucks reporter at The Athletic Wisconsin. And joining me as always is my good friend and the founder of GrooveGroup.com, Frank Madden. Frank, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. Um, you know, we it, it's rare that we, uh, it's rare in the sense that it's never happened before that we had an NBA draft that did not require us to podcast after it uh, last week, uh, since nothing really happened for, for the Bucks. Uh but fortunately, the NBA awards show, a whole lot happened, as we expected. And um, I think it was uh, an awesome capper on, uh, obviously, a really special season. And the last thing, of course, that they did in, in the NBA awards uh, was the MVP. And, of course, that was, uh, I think, the moment that I – it's weird. I, I don't. I hadn't really thought much about what it would be like to see Giannis win it. I think we all expected him to win it. Um but uh, I think the emotion he showed, I think, really kind of validated sticking around for two plus hours of uh, of an award show. Um, and uh, it was, um, you know, I think as a Bucks fan, I think so many of us, obviously, that have kind of been felt like we've been there for every step of Giannis's career so far to uh, to see this moment um, was uh, was pretty incredible. It was, it was really great, and um, I think a lot of a lot of Bucks fans, a lot of NBA fans, I think, were really kind of touched by the emotion he showed, and um, it was just a, uh, you know, like I said, a uh, a great way to spend a random uh, random Monday night in June. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if you if you know Giannis at all, and again, like I know any of us can only know him so much, and I think in many ways I've been lucky to get to know him better than than most, but. Like, I just feel like if you have any general idea of his backstory, what what his family life has been like, um, you know, what his family went through to one, get to get to Greece, two, to, to, you know, even be able to survive in Greece, three, be able to get Giannis from Greece to America for to get the rest of the family from uh, Greece to America and and then five his NBA career I I just uh, I'm not I'm not gonna say it shouldn't surprise you but uh, I think the the raw human emotion that that he showed in that speech is 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 right on par with with really everything you would kind of expect from him and, and think about him kind of, you know, just bringing to the table as a human being. And I, I don't know if outside of this market, you really, you really get any sense of, of what he is as a human. Like, sure. You, you got the, the smoothie stories and, and you got the random tweets and 
the times that he goes on Instagram live and you get some quotes from me about him dunking on motherfuckers. Like you get all of that stuff. And uh, I don't, I don't know if you get, I mean, there's something genuine there, but I don't know if you get, uh, you know, just how, how human he is in, in the struggle that he has, has gone through over the years. And, uh, you know, I, I just thought it was a beautiful speech that he gave, um, winning the award. And I, I wouldn't be shocked if, if there, if it, there weren't a number of Bucks fans that that had tears in their eyes as, as though he he was their own son. And I know in sports we, we have those uh, you know attachments that we create that can sometimes be irrational. But I just feel like with Giannis, I, I don't want to say it's not irrational, but I, I can't fault anyone for feeling that type of connection with him just because I don't know if there's really all that many, you know, truly genuine people in sports. And uh, on top of that, you, you never get to see that person grow up. Like Bucks fans literally got to see him from when he was, he was a kid, like at 18, he, he was a kid getting here to America. And in the last six seasons, you've seen him grow into, you know, a young man and, and, and someone who's been through so much. So I, I thought, I thought the entire the entire speech was fantastic, and that that should probably surprise no one. I think, um, you know, we we sometimes, you know, when I mean, I think many people, uh, you know, probably listening have reflected like, why why are sports so important to us? You know, why why are you listening to a podcast <laughs> about the Milwaukee Bucks? You know, I mean, there's so many things we can do with our time. Um, you know, there's there's more entertainment than ever right now. And yet sports is as important a kind of unifying thing as a driver of, of entertainment and discussion and community than, um, than ever before, you know, and um, as someone, obviously we, we do this podcast now and, you know, for almost a decade, I, I you know, started and wrote for, for a site in, in brewhoop.com where, you know, we had a real community uh, that gathered every day and talked about the Milwaukee Bucks and, you know, people that don't know each other, people that we're never going to meet. And, um, you know, I think sports have this incredible ability to like create these sort of shared experiences and emotions and these feelings of community. Um, I think regardless of kind of who the people are behind it, you know, like who the players are, who the coaches and general managers and even owners are, you know, I mean, I think, I mean, I, I never have a problem with people using using the word we when they talk about their sports teams because I think it really goes a lot more beyond just the team on the floor. It is sort of this community thing that, that I think it speaks to. Like, you know, I mean, you know, we're, we're, you know, as a fan, I'm going to outlast all the players, all the coaches, even the owners, right? Like, I'm probably going to be rooting for this damn team when I'm on my deathbed, you know? <laughs> um, so there's always that kind of in the background. Um, but it's really rare that you then also have like a person like this. And, and I'm not saying that Giannis is like a, you know, a better person than every other NBA player or athlete or something like that. I mean, I think he's, he is, I think he is kind of what you, what you see on TV. And obviously you, you interact with him personally in a way that I don't. Um, but I think that's one of the things that, that drives people to Giannis is that he has have this genuineness, um, this kind of, 
just candor and you know he's just he is what you kind of think he is for the most part and again not to say that he doesn't have a private side that we don't see obviously every think that i won't be so naive to say that but as you said we've seen him grow up you know we've seen him become a man we've seen him go through really difficult times off the court on the court um from you know winning 15 games as a rookie and having to just hope that he can get his family to the United States, right? I mean, as you mentioned, I mean that's a that's a an existential like core thing in life that you don't think about NBA athletes having to having to deal with, right? You don't think about like famous rich athletes having to potentially not be able to get their families into the country to be with them, right? Um, so to kind of see him go through this full arc of you know young kid who's just barely like trying to you know show that he can hang in the league to a star to a potential mvp to uh now a an actual mvp um it's remarkable and i think it adds this whole another layer of um enjoyment that we can all take from watching this team and and enjoying you know Giannis the person and it's why you know i especially as an adult, like it's, you know, you kind of reach an age where I'm in my late thirties where it's like harder to, you know, relate to the players themselves. Cause you're older than these guys. Right. I think like, you know, mm-hmm. Cal Corver is like my age, right? Like other than that, like most of these guys are a lot younger than me. So it's kind of like a little weird. Cause it's like, Oh, I'm just like rooting for these people who are a lot younger than me. Um, but it, it, it is one of those things. Like, and I think because of that, like I'm very like, I'm a Bucks fan. Right. I mean, there are like other players I like in the NBA or other players in other sports I like. Um, but I really do tend to root for just my home teams because that's where I feel like I have this communal sense of, you know, sharing this experience with my family and my friends, et cetera. But it's interesting because Giannis, like if, you know, if, if, and I don't want to, I mean, it's, I don't, stupid to talk, even talk about this on the night like this, but if sometime down the road, you know, five years, what, whatever, 10 years, if Giannis ever went someplace else, he's actually like I, I like every other athlete. Like I'm just like, oh, I don't no, I'm not, I don't care, whatever. I'm over you. Like I'm not gonna root for guys if they ever leave Milwaukee. Like Giannis is like the one guy where it's like I do feel like I have a true like allegiance to what he's kind of has become and and who he is, and I want to see him succeed. And obviously, I'm couldn't be more excited for the fact that he can compete for a championship here in Milwaukee, and that that I mean would just be the most incredible thing. Um, and as he was you know, kind of going through this emotional time on stage. I, I did not cry myself. I am a frequent, uh, tear shedder during movies. I was able to keep it together watching Giannis tonight. <laughs> Respect for anyone who couldn't, you know, it was, it was awesome to watch it happen. Um, but, uh, I, I just couldn't help but think like, man, if, if the Bucks actually won a championship to see like, you know, Giannis accepting the, you know, finals trophy the bill russell trophy for finals mvp i mean i i don't even know how i could handle that like i i would just be destroyed like <laughs> to to have to like to be able to see that would just be so amazing and i think i speak for you know obviously lots of you that that are listening that you know that dream i mean it's for now it's still a dream but it's obviously more reasonable than than probably ever before um but but yeah it's just uh you know it, it's one of these fun things i mean people complain about award shows and people complain that, oh, this, you know, it should, why do we have to wait so long for this? And, you know, it could have been better if he did this speech in Milwaukee, you know, in, in May or whatever. And 
you know, all that can be true, but I'm, you know, I think tonight, I mean, just, just the fact that we, we get to sit here and, you know, we are the only podcast in the Locked On Network that gets to celebrate having the MVP. And, oh, by the way, also had, you know, Mike Budenholzer win coach of the year, John Horst wins executive of the year. Uh, you know, all these things that, that really kind of came together beautifully for this team to this, this year and uh, for Giannis to be kind of, you know, the obviously the cherry on top with him winning MVP. Um, it's just, uh, you know, I think it's a, it's a fun time to reflect on a season that obviously was hugely exciting and fun and um, it was a great ride. And obviously, you know, it didn't end the way we wanted. And it's been kind of, I think probably for a lot of people, including myself, sort of difficult negotiating how we sort of kind of resolve the greatness of the season with the feeling of like, oh man, it could have been better. Um, but I think in a lot of ways, sort of seeing Giannis up there tonight and the genuine emotion and, you know, what he got to go through and the incredible feeling he had tonight, I feel kind of in a lot of ways put, put a bow on the season for me. Like, you know, I don't know if you want to call it closure or something, but, um, but I think it, it really kind of was a nice way to remind you like, Hey, this was a great year and it was so much fun. And, you know, I mean, ultimately sports are about, you know, these moments and the, the ride and the enjoyment and all that. And I think we had obviously uh, an incredible experience and, and no one was, was a bigger part of that. I'm going to be honest. Before I continue talking about the, the MVP, um, I'm going to take a quick detour to rant. Um, you mentioned something that you're hundred percent right about the fact that we do the NBA awards on June fucking 24th is the dumbest thing that I, I, and I understand all the reasons for it. I understand that you can sell advertising money for the NBA awards. And uh, the goal is to get more players to come to this and all these things. It's stupid. And, and I think we all know it's stupid and that's okay because it, it, we still got the moments that we needed, but just the fact that no one, no one cares about the NBA MVP a week away from free agency. Like we will, we will talk about it tonight and Bucks fans will obviously remember this speech forever. And, and that's great. But outside of Milwaukee, like no one, no one cared. Like everyone has moved on with their lives also largely because we all assumed that Giannis would win the MVP. So I, I just want to say that it's stupid. It's a dumb idea. They shouldn't do it. It's, so silly that we don't get to have the moment of Giannis getting that award in front of a, just a, a crazy home playoff crowd. Like the fact that the city of Milwaukee and Giannis are robbed of that is stupid. And it was stupid when James Harden was robbed of it last year. It's all just stupid. And I understand that I think some players like don't like it because, okay, maybe that means you could get embarrassed. Obviously, uh, you going back, you will remember David Robinson and Hakeem Olajuwon. Uh, you think of Allen Iverson getting his award. You think of LeBron James getting it on his home floor. Uh, you think of Dirk Nowitzki having awkwardness when the We Believe Warriors beat the, beat the Mavs. Like, all of those things are, are cool. Those are fun. Like those are good memories and we should get those. So NBA figured out this is stupid. Um, other thing, Shaq is the host. No, you saw who the host should have been. It should have been Hassan Minaj. He can do the show next year. He was fantastic in the three minute set that he was given to tear apart all of the players. I loved it. Hopefully he's the, the host next year. Sorry, rant over. Um, 
going back over to you can jump in there if you if you disagree with any of that by the way you know i think part i think part of the issue with um and it was even the case during the hassan minaj part is like i think this is like a terrible crowd in terms of like awful the the reactions are like generally so muted regardless of whether something is funny or not that it's very hard as a viewer like even if you're finding jokes funny it's awkward kind of watching when people don't like react well to the joke. Like the joke that Hassan Minaj, I mean, kind of like, I don't know if it was a lead off joke, but one of his first jokes was, you know, that like, this is like the playoffs because James Harden didn't show up. I mean, that is like a great it's, joke. It's, it's a hilarious Undeniably joke. great. And of course, like I get that players are going to be like awkward about like being too vocal about laughing at it because it's, you know, basically taking a shot at a guy that a lot of them would have picked as MVP. Um, So I get that. Um, But even like, you know, just pretty, you know, unoffensive, just straight up solid jokes. You just like can't tell if anybody's even like paying attention, Um, which is always like a kind of challenge with these award shows. Like if you just have an audience, it's kind of whatever. And I'm not shocked that like, like random NBA players and families would be like a pretty, crappy like comedy uh audience <laughs> in the grand scheme of things um yes so i think it's sort of like i don't know people always like to shit on award shows and um you know whatever i think they're they're always i feel like they're generally better than people want to uh give them credit for um and a lot of times it's just like you know okay like we don't like the whole conceit of why this is happening so we're just gonna decide to we're gonna like whatever crap on it but also um, while we're here the goal was to get more players to it one mvp candidate showed up yeah you failed right like you failed you, you didn't get more people to show up like if if the only person i see on screen of the three mvp candidates is Giannis Kumbo, hmm i wonder who wins the award like if you can't get people to show up, the whole that was the whole goal, right? Like we're gonna wait till the end of the playoffs so everyone can come. Well, no one comes. <laughs> like like players still don't come. Like the the presenters for a bunch of the awards tonight were guys that lost in other categories who I would guess were only there because they were in another category. Like that's that's a, a serious problem. So again, stupid idea, NBA awards. But you will not ruin what happened tonight because it, I thought it was great. Like I think you just get to, uh, like, like I said, uh, there, there's just so much to like about you know what what Giannis said, what Giannis did, the season that he had, and and I would agree with you. I do think this puts, you know, I think a really good cap on this season because you you are reminded of just how good the Bucks were and uh, I understand that you know the it didn't end the way that Bucks fans want it they they didn't find a way to to win an NBA championship but this was a really special season and it should be remembered as such and I, I don't know if going out and sweeping the the three major awards of the night will will help people do that um, and help people remember it in that way. But I do think that, you know, you should have, you should have some of that, right? Like you should be able to, to look back on this. And, and I think Giannis's speech, thanking his, his dad that is now passed, thanking his mom, thanking his brothers. Like I, I thought all of that was great. And honestly, uh, 
I was not ready for Mike Boonholzer to uh, to crack a couple times. I I, mm. I was I was not ready for that in in his coach of the year speech. Uh, as he got up there, he you know he was talking about his family and you know just how special this year was and and all the people that he got to work with. And I I was I was I was not ready for that because you know as Bud joked when he first got up there, uh, he's not always the the most willing speaker. He doesn't always love uh, being in front of a microphone. And then I think I I have to go back and transcribe it. But I mean, I think we're looking at a, a three or so minute, maybe a four minute speech from Bud, um, which I thought just was, again, not as emotional as anything with Giannis. But I do think you could you could tell with Bud that, you know, it it's kind of crazy to him that He's now, I think, one of oh, 10 guys to win it at least twice. Um, maybe I'm, I'm a little bit off on the number. I'd have to relook at the tweet I sent out before. But, you know, like this is a guy that's now won Coach of the Year at two different places. I, I think uh, when, when we heard him talk about 60 wins uh, earlier, or I guess at the end of the season, you know, you could kind of sense that he knew you have to appreciate moments like this and you have to – be ready to uh, celebrate these small victories, even though it didn't end in the ultimate victory. And, you know, I thought, I thought Bud kind of doing that speaks too many ways that uh, this special season that they had. Yeah. It was, uh, I think it was what during uh, when he was talking about his, his family, his his kids, I think that was when Bud kind of really started to get choked up. And um, it was kind of funny because like, he started kind of going through that, um, I was kind of like, man, he's got a lot of people he he hasn't thanked yet, um, and you know, and I was like, is he gonna have time for this? And thankfully, one nice thing about these awards is they do not have the orchestra start to play you off the stage, uh, like at the you know Oscars or whatever. So uh, you know, nobody nobody's getting rushed off stage when they start to to drag on a little bit. But um, but yeah, it was uh, it was fun to see, but uh, uh, get uh, get to have things go a bit long. Um, it's also funny. He made a joke about, um, you know, being, uh, like people voting for him, even though he's a really boring interview. And, uh, it's kind of funny cause I never like think of him as being like particularly boring, but that's because like Jason Kidd had like probably the least personality of any <laughs> coach ever. Uh, like just so blatantly like, like, you know, just disinterested in, in having to be interviewed before and after games. Um, so like Bud was, you know, sort of a, a step up from that at least, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was interesting to see him go through it. I, I got a little nervous when he was, uh, starting to, to list off the, the Bucks starters. And I was like, I was like, I hope he doesn't, I was like, <laughs> is he going to get to Brooke? Is he going to get to Brooke? Okay. He got to Brooke. Um, so, so yeah, I kind of avoided, uh, I, I was curious if he was going to try to name off bench players, but he didn't, he didn't go that far. If he had. If he had, you know, been able to um, to Bonzi Colson for everything yeah. he's done this season, yeah, that yeah, much. Tim Frazier, Trayvon Duvall, 50, 53 minutes in a game, <laughs> um, yeah, that would have been that would have been funny. But, but yeah, it was fun to see. Uh, obviously, nice to see Bud um, be able to to experience that moment. Although it is kind of funny, he's like, well, he's actually had this before. He's, he's actually won this before, although not in a uh, not when they had the NBA awards, since that was. I guess five years ago that he won uh, won the award previously. So um, cool for him. And then kind of funny. I didn't even realize. I wasn't sure if Executive of the Year was actually going to be an award given out at the 
um, at the NBA award show. Cause it's, you know, it's like voted on by other GMs or other executives. So I, I wasn't sure like if, if it was like really part of the official thing or not. Um, but it was basically treated like one of those, you know, between commercials type things. And, um, they like had a shot of John Horst and then I was like, wait a minute, what just happened? And then I looked on Twitter and I was like, oh yeah, John Horst just won executive of the year. Uh, which was kind of like, all right, okay, cool. Good for you, John Horst. Sorry if you were, you know, expecting to actually be able to say something or acknowledge something. Cause now you're not, you're just literally flashed on the screen. Um, but, uh, he did get a shout out from, uh, from, from Bud in particular. So, um, so yeah, uh, Good times, very good times to the Bucks. Three three major awards, including the the very biggest one, uh, at least in terms of the regular season awards. And um, yeah, like you said, it was uh, uh, you know it's, we've been pretty spoiled actually, you know, because since the awards, what this is is this I think the third year of the awards, and Malcolm Brogdon I think was the very first he might have been the very first award winner um, when he won Rookie of the Year at the at uh, you know yeah, one, you're right. two years yeah. ago. Um, and Giannis also has been named most improved. Uh, he wasn't actually there. If I recall, I think he had to do a remote. He wasn't even in, uh, in LA for that when he won that award. Um, so that was kind of, kind of random, but, uh, yeah, Bucks winning things. Um, interestingly, not uncommon now, uh, that, uh, especially even, but even before the Bucks were winning 60 games, they actually had a decent track record at these, the, the awards, uh, in the new format, but, uh, Obviously, nothing like uh, like we saw tonight. All right. Um, let's see. Anything? Anything else you're you're thinking about? Um, I mean, I like. I, I wish there was some sort of serious analysis that I could give to to the award show, but really, I think it's it's a night very much based on emotion and that. Uh, I mean, I, I can only feel emotion so far. Uh, and I think all the speeches are, are kind of things you need to watch and, and things that you, you kind of have to think about uh, for yourself, right? Like, is there anything so, else? Yeah. So, so I have a question for you. Um, what, do you uh, what do you think are the odds that Giannis wins MVP again next year? Do you think he will be the favorite next year? Do you think, would you bet on him over the field, for instance? What What are... What do you think? And I, I, I have some odds in front of me, so I don't know if you've seen these, but um, let me ask you so you can take us take a guess at this. Um, I, I would take the field over Giannis. Um, I don't, I don't think voters love giving away MVPs to the same guy in a row. Um, I think they like trying to to go out there and find different people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would say I'd. I don't know who would be the odds-on favorite in front of him. Um, I'm kind of struggling to think of that right now. I guess maybe if Kawhi goes to a new team, uh, maybe that would be someone. Um, Durant on a different team, maybe that would be someone. A LeBron FU season, that might be up there. Um, so I would go with the field, but I'm, I'm thinking maybe I'm wrong on this. I don't know. Well, I guarantee you Kevin Durant and his Achilles will not win MVP next year. But um, the... The second favorite, Giannis is the favorite. He's plus 300. These are, I don't know what this, what is this? Uh, oh, this is from Action Network. But what book is this? Caesar's Palace. Giannis plus 300. Harden plus 350. Kawhi plus 600. Steph Curry plus 600. Anthony Davis plus 700. Same as LeBron James. 
et cetera, et cetera. Um, Ooh, I think I like those LeBron odds a lot. Is he actually going to be the best player on his team, though? I don't know. I'd, listening to Lowe and Arnovitz on whenever that low post was, uh, and hearing Zach lay out, you know, maybe LeBron's been listening for the entire season and listening to people crown the rest of the league as the best player in the league, and he's never gotten this much rest ever in his career before. Uh, you know, like I think it'll be like six months before a season. Um, that that had me thinking. You know, maybe he's gonna do this one last time and be like, "Screw you guys! Like, you guys forgot. You forgot that I'm this good." I don't know if he, he has that in him this late in his career for like a full season. Um, but he was he was pretty good this season before he he went down. I mean, he could, he's putting up numbers is not a problem for him. That's that's for sure. Um, and I think. I think it's kind of Joel Embiid is plus one thousand. I think if I was going to call out some some interesting names, mm-hmm. I think Embiid. I think um, if Philly, you know, just puts everything together and is you know wins fifty five games and Embiid stays healthy, I, I think he can put up the kind of monster numbers and be that like two way guy um, that that he could be in that mix. Um, Jokic is also plus a thousand. Um, I. Hmm. I think the problem with Jokic is like people always sort of look at him as for as amazing as he is offensively, people will always be like, well, but he doesn't impact the game defensively. I mean, you, you compare him to like Embiid and Giannis, right? Like he has to be so much better offensively and he doesn't score like a Harden does, right? Like Harden's scoring is just so off the charts and his like you know, total points created stuff is so off the charts. Um, whereas for Jokic, I think it may be a little too subtle for him to win an MVP. Um, I think it's just tougher for him. Uh, and yeah, I think LeBron and Anthony Davis, I think there is just kind of a vote splitting effect that I think might happen. Cause Anthony Davis is, is, is going to be, I think, you know, better than you could maybe argue Dwayne Wade at the very start of the, uh, heat run was also like really, really incredible. Um, but I think Anthony, I think Anthony Davis paired with like LeBron, maybe sunsetting a little bit. Like, can LeBron really, like, continue to show, like, no slippage in terms of, like, raw stats and stuff like that? Eh, that's tough. Um, but I think, I mean, I th- I'm fascinated to see what Steph Curry does next year. You know? I mean, he's got the deck stacked against him, relatively speaking, with no Clay, no Durant. Um, but, like, we're going to, like, this is the first time since, you know, his, like, first two MVPs that, well, his two MVPs, that, like, they actually need him to go just, like, nuclear. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean... This it's going to be really interesting to see how they how he kind of steps up because I mean if he puts up like thirty three points a game it wouldn't shock me or at all you know if he has just like a monster season because I mean they're going to probably need that to get like home court in the playoffs in the first round you know like they can't just kind of <laughs> right I mean I don't yeah. know I mean Kerr is if anybody might kind of not play Steph Curry like well, I don't want to say big minutes but you know really kind of like push Curry a little bit to try to get him um, to carry the team. And maybe it's Kerr because he just always kind of was willing to him or roll the dice. Yeah. But um, I think Steph's going to be so interesting to watch and Kawhi at plus 600. Yeah. I think you hit it. I mean, I think a lot of it depends kind of like where, where he goes, what they do. I mean, you know, if he stays in Toronto, like, well, maybe they just, I mean, after what happened this year, do they just play him 60 games again, which kind of pretty much disqualifies you from MVP, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, or if he goes someplace else, if he goes to the Clippers, do they 
kind of follow suit? I think it's an interesting question because, you know, it's kind of hard to imagine Kawhi playing 75 games when given, you know, he, what happened this year. So, but anyway, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's fun to have the MVP favorite every year now. It's a pretty good place to be as Bucks fans. So, um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, we can probably, we can probably leave, leave this for our, you know, preseason 2019, uh, debate for, for predictions. But, um, I think, uh, you know, it's, we're, we're in a very, rarefied air here getting to see Giannis every night and um obviously a richly deserved uh, mvp and hopefully the first of many but yeah as you said no nah, the second one's always harder so uh mm-hmm. you know he'll he'll just he'll he has no choice but to raise his game <laughs> which uh i think we have no doubts Giannis will will definitely do um all right that's gonna be it for us for today on lockdown bucks uh, we got free agency coming up here on sunday at 5 p.m central time 6 p.m eastern so we will have some some free agency stuff for you coming up in the next couple of days as we try to figure out what the hell is going to happen with the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, I don't know that we have really any clue, but that's okay. Um, we can all try to figure it out together. So for Frank Madden, I'm Eric Mayne. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We'll talk to you guys later.